0: This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello, and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by both of my co-hosts today. First, Matt Dawaskin. Matt, how are you doing? Done. I am rolling. Yeah? In a good way? Yes. Well, uh, right. uh, You know, me. Yes. And uh, Brad Johnson. Brad, how are you doing?
1: Uh, doing well, too. Uh Nice to be back in baseball season.
0: Yeah, it's the uh, first episode of 2016. Um, it's April 3rd while we're recording. We're going to talk about opening day April 4th. But uh, yeah, this is our, our second year here at Rotographs and first time we've got the three of us here in the same internet recording room. Is but there, uh,
2: We never did anything together before?
0: I don't think we did last no, year. I don't no. think so. But uh, yeah, it's uh, good to have is you guys good? here. And uh, yeah, w- we haven't talked much in the off season, but we are definitely back at Rotographs for another year. We're going to do Monday to Friday again because we're crazy people. So, Matt, how was your off season? We we don't really talk much when there's not baseball. Uh, yeah. Did you survive? How's your condo?
2: Oh, <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. Um, like the, the second the World Series ended, we started, we started having a, a leak. You know, a, a you know the leak in, in our, our, our roof got worse. Oh good. Oh it's no, it got worse. It's bad.
0: Sure. Sarcastic good.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh great. So it it turns out we had we have, we had like a, a massive, massive leak. We 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 did get the roof patch, we had to have the room gutted. So we've still got there's no drywall in the rooms, it's, it's bare floor. Or I'm sorry, there Oof. it's you know bare concrete and nails. Uh and I just found out we have to have a window replaced as well. No, uh, so good, the good news is the association is supposed to pay for all just about all of this yes The bad news is i have to wait for the association to okay everything so we're probably going to have a completed room around in the next world series because uh, so. these folks like to take their time like to think things over uh the condo sure. is not in great shape but it will hopefully be soon
0: Ah, so, condo kind of ownership going great then. Oh, it's been me. miserable. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brad, how about you? How is the off-season treating you?
1: Uh, well, my rental property is doing just fine.
2: Uh, <laughs> I hope it falls into the ocean. We
1: had some ants, but otherwise, uh, it's been good. And uh, off-season went well, too. Uh even got a nearly a month off of writing in December when I uh, <laughs> me and my partner went to Vietnam. And that was a oh, lot of fun. Awesome. And then the rest of the winter, I wrote a lot about baseball, so yeah, that's been more of the same,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. well, yeah, we're uh, we're looking forward to opening day again, this is Sunday. They're doing this weird three games for opening day thing, yeah. which is neat, but for DFS purposes, we're gonna ignore that. I mean, we'll be watching these games, but wait, wait, wait.
2: You said this is neat, I think it sucks, and I'll tell you why, okay. I, I, I miss the the opening 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 night in Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely not tradition. It's kind of weird, but there's a part of me. It's like it's more baseball. And more baseball is always good. I get it. I'm
1: happy it's not like. The last few years where you have, like, March 28th, you have some series in Japan, and then there's a week of spring training. Yes. And then (laughs) there's more real baseball.
0: (laughs) That is weird. And this one, there's not that, but there is a game, Cardinals-Pirates at 1 o'clock Eastern, and then Cubs-Angels spring training at 3, and then Blue Jays-Rays... Real baseball at four. I don't know. It's a weird schedule.
2: This this opening day schedule, correct? What what you do is you open on you know with the the first game in Cincinnati on a Friday, and you have that that full week, that whole weekend full of full baseball.
0: Yeah. Well, we're definitely going to look at Monday the fourth in terms of all these uh, big games. Actually, twelve games on on Monday.
2: Yeah, Um, almost a full slate.
0: Yeah. And uh yeah, we're gonna be doing basically real similar to what we did last year in terms of five days a week, Monday through Friday, we'll bring in you an episode. We're gonna talk about DFS. Probably try and talk a little bit more about uh general baseball as well. Keep up to date just on fantasy stuff and what's going on. Um, of course, the sleeper in the bus is also going what we dubbed our sister podcast, our sibling podcast. Uh also here at Rotographs, they go three times a week and they get much more in-depth than general fantasy stuff over with Paul Sporer and Eno Saris and Jason Collette. Highly recommended. Those are our buddies. But we're going to do more cursory stuff in terms of Monday through Friday, trying to keep up to date on what's going on. And yeah, check out uh, DFS stuff. And glad to say that I'm joined by Matt and Brad again this year. Um, So we also had some requests last year for uh, basically some... DFS tutorial stuff, because I know DFS is getting more and more popular all the time, and a lot of people have never played before. So we wanted to do that uh, today also, kind of no better time than opening day to, you know, give some tips and ideas for people that have never played DFS before. Um, So I asked you guys to maybe think about that, um, because we talk a lot about our ideas, and we've played plenty before, and most of our listeners have. But for people that either haven't played fantasy or maybe you've played fantasy for a long time but have never tried this dfs thing it's a similar concept with our adjustments um so if you were looking at monday the 4th we made our picks but um brad first with you what is your first step towards trying to prepare for dfs for a day like this if somebody's never played before what are they thinking here
1: yeah, so I, I like to spend my time focused on the uh, large tournaments. Uh, they're called GPPs. And uh, mostly for me, it comes down to a couple factors. I like uh, the chance to win a lot of money with a small entry. Mm-hmm. And I also uh, I can expect there to be more bad entries in these large contests than if I was doing more of a head-to-head type thing. Sure. And that kind of makes the rake that these sites take in uh, a little more palatable, a little easier to expect to beat it. Uh, So I I do focus on those. And so my strategies revolve around trying to beat a large pool of players. Uh, Usually that means you need to find some guys who aren't quite as popular, but that can still perform pretty well Mm -hmm. and hope that they can stand out from the crowd. Uh, If you pick Bryce Harper and 45% of the field picks Bryce Harper, it almost doesn't matter if he hits three home runs. Uh, You're you're just canceling each other out. Sure. Uh, So Hmm. you you do need to find some of these value plays that uh, will give you more uh, bang for the buck without being owned by everybody.
0: Yeah, that's kind of a general GF, DFS thing is uh, sometimes taking the best player is not helpful if they're obvious. Uh, you can't be too obvious, especially in those big ones because, yeah, you need to pick players other people don't pick, which doesn't necessarily mean picking bad picks, but maybe off-the-beaten-path right. picks. You got to go, yeah. okay, people don't expect this guy, but I think he might do well.
1: And it's um, important to diversify, too. That sometimes you know, a pick's too good, and even though someone's going to... You know, 60% of the field is going to use it even, uh, but it's still sometimes you have to make the pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean that you, you don't still look for opportunities elsewhere on the roster.
0: Sure. Yeah. And that's, I agree. That's uh, extra important in the the larger pools. You know, if you're playing a smaller game where you have to beat five or 10 people, which is still fun, uh, you don't have to worry as much about that. But in the big ones, you got to get a little more unique. I agree. That's a good call um matt what about you what do you think you're looking at when you're going to make your picks on on when you first look at the uh, schedule
2: uh first off i typically start with pitchers yeah and i typically start with strikeouts that's where you, you're going to get the most bang for your buck is in those high strikeout guys
0: okay sure I, I,
2: I, I tend to ignore the the guys who don't who simply aren't capable of posting high strikeout totals as regularly as, as some of the aces like you know Chris Saylor. Jose Fernandez or whoever, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, is is where I tend to start with my lineup. You, you really want to avoid the uh, the guys who aren't going to help you there.
0: Sure. And I know last year you talked about a lot that uh, if you're playing in a format that has two pitchers, you kind of like to go stars and scrub on the pitcher, right?
2: Uh, it depends. You know, it depends. Yeah. On the day depends on, like, for example, on 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 Monday, I'm 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 going stars and stars just because you have yeah. that opportunity.
0: Yeah, and it's opening day, and you know, as we look at the schedule, it's hard to find bad pitchers. There's a handful of them, but but it's kind of ace day. Yeah. So yeah. Um. So for me, in general, uh, this isn't quite strategy, but and, and this isn't that fun. Um, but I wanted to say one of my things about DFS is to um, keep in mind that it's just a game, and that it is. Uh, Kind of like the lottery and that it's not an investment. I think a lot of people see the prize numbers and kind of get dollar signs in their eyes, and it's like yeah, it's make sure to play it for fun, you know, and make sure to not you know play it as an investment. And oh, if I just bet all this and that, then I can you know win X dollars. It's like it's it's fun, and, and not even so much that it gets out of hand, but just more like remember that you're doing it for fun. And that actually does affect my strategy at times because I like to, I'm always trying to pick players. I think I'll do well, but sometimes I pick players just because I think they're fun. One of my most memorable times from last year was picking Rich Hill when he had his like crazy stretch at the end of the year. And you're like, I don't believe he's going to be that great, but it was fun, you know? And then when you do hit on guys that are kind of crazy and fun picks, it ends up being a lot more fun. So um yeah that's kind of weird advice quote unquote but just remember that yeah this is a this is a game for fun and uh the the money definitely makes it more fun but it is not an investment it is not really a way to pay your bills you know uh and I think it's easy to lose track of that for a lot of us I mean myself included but I remind myself like oh I'm not doing this to to get rich and uh yeah so um Brad did you have a, any any other uh ways to approach it
1: Yeah, so especially with April, uh, this is an opportunity where some of these players are going to be mispriced. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sites are using, and everyone is using data from last year, and sometimes players actually change over the winter. Some guys are going to be better than they were last year. Some guys Mm -hmm. are going to be worse. And so if you're able to get ahead of that, uh, you can take advantage. Another thing related to that, uh, it's being April, uh, pitchers have an advantage. And so I would recommend putting more of your budget into pitching uh, than you usually would. And it's often a good idea just to put a lot of money into pitching in the first Mm -hmm. place. Uh, It's just a very reliable place to uh, get your points. Uh, But April especially, just because the pitcher should be ahead of the hitters right now, uh, they should be at their most productive. And that will give you an edge uh, in terms of uh, getting those uh, fantasy points.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good call. I We'll talk about our contest later. We are doing the contest again uh where Matt and I pick streaming pictures all year and April, and we keep track on a spreadsheet and April is always a mess cuz we don't really <laughs> know what's going on. Yeah. So
1: so that's the hard part is actually predicting who's different and who's just kind of showing you some flashy stuff that isn't really indicative yeah. of
0: yeah, April's a lot of stabbing in the dark By, you know, the second half We're like, oh yeah, we know what guys are doing this year But this is a lot of guessing uh, Which is fun, because the the Playing field is even for everybody That's also guessing, but it's A, a lot more unpredictable in April So, I would agree there um, Matt, what else are you thinking In terms of uh, when you approach a DFS slate
2: Just when, when you're building a lineup Remember to focus on on-base percentage As opposed to, say, batting average or even slugging percentage hmm Um in DFS, OBP is where your money is. Sure, that's that, that's where you're that's where you're going to get, that's where you're going to get you know your, your your points. You really want to avoid those having those zeros in your lineup and yeah. focusing more on, on on base percentage as, as opposed to slugging or, or batting average. God forbid, yeah, a, a much better much better uh, strategy to, uh, to, to 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 do that.
0: Yeah, um, especially because, you know, scoring, like runs and RBIs can yeah. be worth so many points too, and those are really unpredictable. Yeah. But uh, you're not going to come if you're not on base, you know, if you're not, if you're making outs. So, yeah, I, I would agree with that too. Um, my other one is similar to Brad's first one, just in terms of trying to look for quote unquote risky or volatile guys in your big slates. Um, sometimes I'm going for the sluggers or at least somebody who I think uh, has the potential to hit two home runs. Definitely not that they will, but like the Chris Carter types and whatnot, if I think, Oh, he might run into a couple just cause you need the chance to separate yourself from the pack. And it's going to be harder. Uh, unless you have a guy that's really fast and might steal some, but, but I kind of like those boomer bust guys in that type of format, maybe a, a Mark Reynolds or, um, I mean, Chris Davis won't be cheap, but that kind of thing where, Oh, he might explode for a huge day, you know? Um, and then that's personal preference, but I, I like the boomer bust, at least when it comes to a, a huge format. So, um, okay. Either of you have anything else you, you want to get there before we start actually looking at Monday specifically?
1: I'm ready to get into the numbers. Yeah, me okay.
0: too. Okay. Let's look at Monday, and we can talk a little bit about uh, specifically what we're thinking as we get into it. But um, So for Monday, April 4th, uh, opening day, day with 12 games, um let's start at catcher i'm gonna start with you matt and we usually start at catcher um how many catchers uh do you see here what, what are you thinking
2: I, I wrote down three names okay uh one of them i'm not sure if he's gonna get the start so i i don't know if we can roll with him but
0: yeah we're recording a little bit early and it's opening day so lineups or whatever but but what are you what are you hoping for are you hoping,
2: to I'm hoping for russell martin versus drew smiley
0: yeah, I I wrote that. Uh, that is righty on lefty. It's what sticks out to me.
2: Okay, you're gonna be hearing Drew Smiley's name a lot today, at least for uh-huh. me. Did you know that he gave up 11 home runs last year? I didn't know that specifically, okay. but I believe you. How many? How many of those do you think came against right-handed batters? Uh, I'll say nine. I'll say all of them.
0: Oh boy, he definitely has his splits. I think so. Like I like Drew Smiley. He's a Darn good pitcher. He is, but, but he has he, splits.
2: He he just he tends to struggle against the righties and the Blue Jays. They can stack to line up with right handed with right handed bats. Yeah, Russ I Martin is in fact yeah. right handed.
0: Yes, he is. Uh, yeah, I like Drew Smiley, but this is about the worst matchup a lefty can have. At least it's in Tampa Bay.
2: Yeah, I guess. yes.
0: But when you look at a uh, when you look again at this day that has a lot of aces going. You know, like, oh, Drew Smiley's pretty good on another day, but then, like, against the Blue Jays, yeah, I could see trouble for him, for sure. Brad, do you like Russell Martin?
1: Yeah, Martin's a good pick. Uh, as you mentioned, at, at least it's in Tampa for Smiley, but it's still, uh, he's one of the more obvious guys to go after for offense today from the catcher position.
0: Yeah. Um, I also like it just in terms of... uh other people in the lineup might do really well too. So, yeah, Russell Martin has a, a good matchup, but so does Jose Bautista and Edwin Encarnacion and Troy Tulowitzki And just he's in a good lineup. And we'll probably talk about more of those guys, but just the fact that he could get driven in and also drive people in could be, you know, more and more points for him. And that, that counts a lot. So, uh, yeah, I, I like Russell Martin at catcher. I would agree. Uh, Matt, who else you got?
2: Uh, The other guy I really like is Wellington Castillo versus Jorge De La Rosa.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be one of the real obvious matchups today, too. It's those D-backs.
2: But I wanted to throw it out there just because it makes sense.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it needs to be picked. The obvious isn't bad, and honestly, I didn't have a lot of catcher options. But Wellington Castillo kind of jumped to the D-backs and blew up and was awesome last year. And I have him on a team, and I don't really know what to expect this year because he's never really done that before. But uh yeah, he could certainly be good again and that team can score. Uh the D backs are a flawed team, but they can score runs. So um and Jorge de la Rosa's fine, you know, but I I he's fine. I maybe I've just through the lens of most uh Rockies pitchers, he seems great. But in general, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he,
1: you, he's not so bad for Coors Field, but he's still you know, mid-tier type pitcher.
0: Yeah, and again, Monday is full of players like Chris Sale and Sonny Gray and Zack Greinke and Clayton Kershaw. So when you see Jorge De La Rosa, uh, it's like, oh yeah, that's a pitcher that I can pick guys against. Yeah. Uh you have anyone else, Matt?
2: Yeah, I, I wrote some Miguel Montero versus Garrett Richards, but I'm not like in love with it.
0: Yeah, I kind of like Garrett Richards, but... <laughs> I kind of like also,
2: Montero, but I'm not sure he's going to get the start. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I had a similar reaction to Montero. I, If he starts, which I assume, well,
2: I, I gotta guess. Th- I got to think they're going to go with the lefty against the righty, so.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I would expect him to start, I think, now that I'm thinking through it.
0: The, but, the Cubs catcher position is a little nebulous. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's going to be a situation where you're always going to need to check the lineup. Right. Uh well, well it, they it do know who will start when John Lester's in.
2: <laughs> it is in an American League park, so they will have pro- uh, probably a Kyle Schwarber at DH is my guess.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. That should help Montero get in. So yeah, this should be. We didn't talk about this. This should be very obvious general DFS advice, but you need to check your lineups. Um, and depending on what site you're at, will they'll, they'll help you. Depending on what time you're filling it out, but again, we're recording a day early, so. Many of our guys might not work out. You would just, when you go to fill up your lineup, um, it'll help you see who's playing and who's not. And so if you fill out your DFS lineup a day in advance, you're kind of asking for trouble. You can go amend it. But um, yeah, a lot of times it's nicer to fill out your DFS lineup an hour beforehand, you know, and see who's playing. That sounds really obvious, but everybody has had a. DFS lineup break on them because oh whoops I picked a player who didn't play that day and then you just get a big fat zero and that's a bummer so it's obvious advice but it's very very important to make sure everybody's in there because if they're not you you know it's a big zero and that bites Um, yeah so if Miguel Montero's in and he should be uh, against Garrett Richards that's not bad Um, more importantly I like Garrett Richards but He'll also get the Angels bullpen, which isn't awful, but it's not great. But that's another thing in DFS is, you know, we pick against starting pitchers, but don't forget those bad bullpens, you know, and that could help for uh, Jorge de la Rosa and and the D-backs against uh, Jorge and the Rockies. Is Once he's out, you get the bullpen, and, you know, that can be as much as half of the game almost. So there's points there, um, and that's always worth considering as well. Um, And then, uh, yeah, Matt, any other catchers for you?
2: Uh, that was it. That's his name's written down.
0: Okay. How about you, Brad? Any catches that he didn't have?
2: Well, the big one that's kind of
1: sticking out to me. Uh, noticed Jason Castro. Uh, decent matchup against Masahiro Tanaka in terms of you know what you got to work with today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Yankee Stadium in play. He's a lefty, so uh, mm-hmm. it's nice to have lefties at Yankee Stadium. That's uh, still not a great matchup. Uh, it's. Just uh, you're working with what's available today. He's going to be cheap, and uh, you know, guy who shouldn't be overly popular too.
0: Yeah. Um, the only other one I had was uh, Buster Posey getting Willie Peralta, but I think a lot of people be in on that. Um, Willie Peralta's not great. The Brewers bullpen is okay, um, but uh, you know, nothing wrong with Buster Posey. You'll be spending top money on him, which. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, and he's never a bad pick, so he's viable. Again, opening day is kind of funky. Um, Let's go on to first base, which the opposite of catcher usually has a million options. Uh, First base obviously a good hitting position, and I I wrote down eight names. And um, (laughs) personally for me, I often pick first base last because there's so many guys I can usually fill out there that – Maybe I want to pick out my catcher or my shortstop first or find a guy I really like or find a pitcher I really like. And then depending on my budget, I get the first base. And I'm like, oh, I can only afford the mid-tier guy instead of the top-tier guy, but I have so many options. Um, so I pick first base last personally. Um, and that's that's just, you know, you can always tinker with it. But um, So I had a bunch. Um, Brad, let's start with you. Who are your favorite picks? Maybe not who's going to do best, but who are your favorite picks? Maybe just in terms of context uh, at first base.
1: Well, top of the value pool, you got Paul Goldschmidt against De La Rosa. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have uh, Anthony Rizzo against Garrett Richards. Who uh, again? I like Richards too. Uh, I see him as you know one of the bottom ten pitchers tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just because it's you got so many real aces, I think he's more of a number two. Yeah. Uh, doesn't mean that he's going to be an exploitable guy, but the, the matchup for Rizzo isn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Votto is at home in Cincinnati. That's always lovely. He's up against Jeremy Helixson, who I actually like. Uh, I'll be talking about him a little bit more later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, just kind of a normal type of pitcher at a very Homer-friendly park. Uh, could be a good day to take actual Cincinnati Reds as a, a, an under-radar play. Right, And then uh, – The other big money guy that I like, uh, Chris Davis. Uh, Always a chance to get a lot of production out of him. He's up against Urban Santana at home. Another good park for lefties.
0: Yep. Yeah, and like I said, Chris Davis is one of those volatile guys that might go over, and maybe you don't place in the GPP money, but if he has a big day, it could vault you for sure. And uh, Yeah, I think Goldschmidt's going to be really popular, but for for darn good reason. And then, uh, yeah, Votto, I don't know, this... Ellickson, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about Helixon and that Philly staff will be interesting. I think they'll get picked against a lot this year. Um, And like Matt said, Votto's going to get on base plenty, which is going to be nice and should hopefully turn into some points. But who knows in that Reds lineup, which will be interesting. Um, Matt, who do you like at first base?
2: Let's see. You mentioned Goldschmidt. You mentioned Votto.
0: Yes. I would say Wrigley
2: Belt versus Willie Peralta.
0: Okay, sure.
2: Uh, yeah, lefty, lefty on Ready action. It's it's in Milwaukee, so I'm assuming they're going to have the uh, you know the roof closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be helpful for for Brandon Belt. A well, more
0: helpful like, than uh, San Francisco, which is awful.
2: Absolutely. Uh, and uh, lastly, I've got a cheap option at first base. Okay. How about Chris Colabello versus Drew Smiley?
0: I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't know that Chris Colabello is going to hit. 400 against lefties, or whatever he did last year, something insane. So, but uh, but he can hit lefties, yeah. Uh, and so he should get that start. They like using him against lefties. Can't hit lefties.
2: Just... He qualifies at first base and he should come a lot cheaper than Goldschmidt or yeah, Otto.
0: yeah. For a value pick, I like that a lot for sure. Yeah. Um, I want to ask, I guess I'll ask uh, you, Matt, uh, what do you think of Byungho Park? <sighs>
2: What do I think of Game Park? I I think he's going to have a, a successful season.
0: Yeah. Uh He gets Chris Tillman. Um, so just in general, I don't know. We talked about how in April we don't really know what these guys are going to be yet. True. Yeah, it's, it's, we, it's righty
2: we, and righty. And I, I, I'd prefer to go with the platoon split if I if I can at yeah. all. Especially since it's a guy making his major league debut. I did write down his name and cross it off.
0: Yeah. Just
2: I, because I, there's so much uncertainty, you know, there's really so much uncertainty around what he's capable of doing in a major league uniform.
0: Yeah, I I, I kind of think... like him because for this, I like him in general, but I like him for this also because he's uncertain. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of like, not a lot of people are going to pick him, you know. And if he came out and hit a home run, I don't think anybody would fall out of their chair. But you also can't expect it, so it's it's not like a surefire pick by any means. But I'm definitely like kind of thinking about it i don't know uh yeah do you, do you like him in general this year
2: yeah i think so yeah i i, I, I own yeah. a few shares of him so I, i'd be lying if i said no
0: yeah brad do you like jung-ho park at all
2: yeah i also do uh he's a guy as you've
1: pointed out uh it's hard to know what to expect exactly uh, we know mm-hmm. there's a lot of power there mm-hmm. uh we know there's a chance for a lot of strikeouts uh where that strikeout rate settles is probably going to determine if he's even a full-time player, uh, if he's someone who we're going to be going to a lot for DFS picks, or if he's more of a guy who you know, has his spot starts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I wrote him down. I kind of like him at Chris Tillman. Tillman is a righty, like you said. He's had his own troubles with right-handers, though. Um Chris Tillman's just been such a weird pitcher that I don't know what to expect from him this year either. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm interested in Byung-ho Park. Um, you said Chris Davis. If you want the cheaper strikeout power version on that team, there's also Pedro Alvarez against Urban Santana. Uh, that Orioles team is going to hit a lot of home runs and strike out a ton. They're going to be kind of fun and interesting to watch. Um, the other name I had at first base, and I don't love this, and I would pick a lot of guys before it, but I want to at least mention... Um, all of these Brewers against Madison Bumgarner. Um, Madison Bumgarner is awesome and is left-handed, but can still handle righties. But Chris Carter uh, against Madison Bumgarner, and there's just a lot of righties in that Brewers lineup. And either he could hit some home runs or have some people on base when people are on. Um, again, I don't think I would make that pick, but I don't think I would pick Madison Bumgarner. I'm, I'm at least wary enough of it uh, to worry about being in Milwaukee and I have my eye on Chris Carter. I just love Chris Carter, but I I don't even I'm not brave enough to take him against uh, Madison Bumgarner. But I at least wanted to mention it. Keep an eye on it. Um, okay, going to jump to second base. I only had three names at second base. The infield got a little tricky for me. Just again, there's so many aces you're up against. Um, I started with Daniel Murphy against Julio Tehran. Um, I know Julio Tehran. That's a pretty divisive guy this year, uh, and I don't love that either. Um, Julio Taran last year had really bad, really strong splits, both lefty, righty, and home and away. Um, lucky for him, he's at home, which is not great for Daniel Murphy. But um, I, I don't know. I There's enough – I don't know. I, I like Daniel Murphy just fine. He's not that exciting. But um, it is one of the ones that stuck out to me, uh, at least from Monday. I also wrote down Gene Segura getting Jorge de la Rosa and he could be a shortstop could be a second baseman probably playing second base for uh for the D backs and he likes to hit lefties a little more than righties at least he's been kind of a not a great player at the plate but he can steal bases and those are always worth some points um and if you're picking D backs against the Rockies either Jorge de la Rosa um or that bullpen uh, I think Gene Segura could be fine and should be hopefully knocked in. I could see the D backs scoring some points, and then my last one is uh, Joe Panic getting Willie Peralta. Joe Panic's not that exciting either, um, it, but against the Brewers, and I think the Giants will be fine. Uh, second base just wasn't really a strong position for me. It might be where I'm going first to find a cheap option and then spend my money elsewhere. Um, Brad, did you were you any more excited about second base than I was? Did you see anybody?
1: Yeah, so I'm looking at it, and I feel like this is a good place to try to get your guy that's potentially to be productive without being very popular. Okay. Uh, so if you do want to go with a, a name brand value, uh, you got Jose Altuve in New York. Sure. Uh, you have Robinson Cano against a lefty, but he's also fairly cheap and seems to be at least from a spring stat, seems to be normal Robinson Cano, not that first half version we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are two guys. You know, if you want the name brand. Uh, Might be top of the pile for me. Uh, Digging a little deeper, uh, there's Joe Panic in Milwaukee, and he he's a weird guy for DFS. uh, Kind of a multi-hit threat more than uh, someone who can actually put a ball out of the park. Uh, There's uh, if you really want to dig deep, uh, you can find Chris Owings in the extreme bargain bin. He's expected to start in center field. Yeah, Uh, but he's second base eligible. (laughs) Vanduul and uh, cost twenty one hundred there, so yeah. very cheap. Uh, could have a, a an important role with uh, AJ Pollock out. I uh, might be hoping that his bat starts to come around finally. Uh, he has a lot of raw talent as uh, a guy. I keep going back to again and again, hoping that it's his year. Uh, just because he has the skills, and they're just not manifesting in the majors.
0: Yeah, I gotta ask either of you, AJ Pollock owners.
1: Uh, I have him in a couple leagues. Uh, I am <laughs> sad about it.
0: <laughs> I didn't love him and he fell to me last week at like pick 27 and i was like i don't love him but at 27 i gotta take him, keep like
2: going. him. no thank
0: you yeah. here we go oh man yeah that's a that's yeah it's a tough one for them and now we get to see chris owings in center field for a bit that'll be fun um yeah anybody else for you brand uh
1: I mean, there's there's a lot of guys uh, fit in the same general profile. Uh, you know, mm. taking a stab in the dark. Uh, Jonathan, uh, excuse Smell me, Jonathan hope. Scope uh, <laughs> is always a good play, uh, yes. just for the power up side. Uh, it's very volatile pick, uh, but again, game's in Baltimore. It's not as friendly to righty power, but it's still quite friendly. And uh, Irvin Santana is not the strongest pitcher today.
0: Sure. Yeah, I like Scope. Again, those Orioles are going to be a fun GPP boomer bus team for sure. Uh, Matt, any second baseman you like that we didn't mention?
2: Actually, I'd like to go back to Jonathan Scope for a second if I could. Sure, absolutely. You, okay, he is right-handed and he is up against Irvin Santana, who is a, in fact a right-hander. Yeah. But he matches righties. 892 yeah. last season against righties with 13 of his 15 homers coming against them.
0: Yeah, he's not scared of same side of batters, and also or, he
2: uh, does really well in Baltimore. Nine seven eight OPS last season in Baltimore. Yeah, he had so a like a good season in Baltimore. Yeah. I I think he's he's probably going to come really cheap, and I, I think I really like that matchup for him.
0: Yeah, I'm fine with that, and one of the few you know second basemen that might actually show off some good power for you.
2: And yeah, the, the, the other he's... name on my list, which I'm not in love with, is. He's he's more of your uh I guess OBP kind of grinder type that you could just kind of toss in there. That's mm-hmm. Ben Zobrist against Garrett Richards.
0: Sure. Yeah, I, I'm. I just kind of like Garrett Richards again, but yeah, it's hard to not like Ben Zobrist. Should be fine.
2: It's lefty on lefty on righty, and yeah, it's Ben Zobrist. You know, you know, he he gets on base, he scores runs, he makes things generally happen, and it's a really good line. He's hitting in a really good lineup. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the Cubs are gonna be again a team that whiffs but also can score plenty too. So yeah, I like that. Um in general, n- nothing real exciting at second base, but there are definitely options there. Again, it, it might be where I go first just to, you know, get a price out of the way. Um but it, yeah, there's some options. Um how about third base? Uh Matt, where are you thinking of going to go in a third base?
2: I think Josh Johnson's the obvious play against Drew Smiley.
0: Yeah, going with that uh, that big fat uh, Blue Jay stack for sure. Uh, it's not going to be cheap, but he should be good.
2: But if you're looking cheaper, mm-hmm. kind of like Evan Longoria against Ari Dickey, sure. You know, Evan he's become like kind of kind of, kind of a pariah in fantasy circles. You know, nobody no, nobody wanted him in in. I was in a twenty team mixed league draft, and nobody wanted him. Yeah, it was getting kind of it was just like up around like pick two hundred, and nobody wanted anything with. Anything to do with Heavenly yeah. worry in that league. It was really bizarre. And he's a little disappointing, but he's not that
0: disappointing. No, he's
2: not. He's, yeah. Uh, my, my super cheap power play that I actually kind of like is Luis Valbuena against Masahiro Tanaka.
0: Okay. Yeah. If he can get in, I tend to like him.
2: It's lefty, lefty on righty, and Valbuena hits so many homers, and it's in New York. Kind of talking myself into it.
0: Yeah. Uh, when he gets in, he, yeah, it, I don't have a problem with Luis Valbuena, kind of a cheap power option. Um, I want to go back to Longoria against Dickey. Um, just another point that we said this a few times last year, but uh, we don't like a uh, history of batter versus pitcher. Typically, there's a lot of talk of this in fantasy as to why oh, that's no. not useful. Um, but, oh, I don't know about Longoria versus Dickey specifically. Oh. But, uh, nah. wacky or, or, now, you think found some
2: quacky stat? No, we
0: could look, look it up if you want. Um we could look it up if you want, but it's one of the few times when it might actually be useful. Um, just because R.A. is such a unique pitcher that you might want to actually look and see maybe some guys handle the knuckleball better than others, you know, which could certainly be a thing. Again, you don't have much sample size and that comes with all the flaws of pitcher versus batter records um which again i think brad you would agree you're gonna ignore that for the most part 99 percent of the time but if you wanted to talk yourself into something like oh so-and-so is hitting 400 against r.a Dickey in their god at least 20 at bats you know then i could see that uh but for the most part just again general dfs advice ignore uh pitcher versus batter matchups 99 percent of the time right really would you agree far. brad
1: oh Oh, definitely yeah i almost never pay attention to the actual matchup history uh there's a few cases where uh you know i would pay attention uh usually extremes as you mentioned are a dicky. or if just the numbers are you know too obscene to ignore Mm -hmm. and those cases are people are already you know buying into that and uh you know the prices might actually not work in your favor
0: yeah um Alright, uh, Brad, who else did you have at third base?
1: So, one of the games I'm kind of fascinated by for tomorrow is uh, Philadelphia at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, Rysel Iglesias is a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned I, I kind of like Jeremy Hulkson, even though you know he doesn't have as much of a uh, a following these days. Uh, there's still two of the lesser pitchers to go, and both of those bullpens are terrible. You also mm-hmm. have um uh, great american ballpark and play one of the best places for home runs mm-hmm. uh, so with that out of the way i, I like michael franco to tomorrow mm-hmm. uh I think he, you know his spring's been excellent he's shown a lot of power i'm not sure how popular he'll be I, i'd like to think that you, you can get him at like a 10 ownership rate in a big tournament but mm-hmm. could actually be higher uh on um, the flip side of that, I've uh, always been a big uh, Uenio Suarez fan, mm-hmm. and I think he can do just fine, too. Uh, he's much cheaper, 2400 on FanDuel.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll talk about Suarez, uh, whether he's shortstop or third base, but we'll talk about him for sure. Um, uh, the other two names I had were back to this uh, Baltimore game. Manny Machado is going to cost an arm and a leg, but he gets Irvin Santana, and I don't think there's anything to not like about that. He can handle righties, he'll be fine. Um, that'll be a good spot for him. And then uh, Miguel Sano uh, gets Chris Tillman. Again, I'm not worried about ready on ready. Uh, and that's crazy power. So, both of them, if you want to pay top dollar for Sano or Machado, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, you know, second base, I was digging a little bit. Third base, I'm like, there's options. Go Machado, go Sano, go Donaldson. Those are all fine. Um, and then Longoria and Franco. Yeah, there's options at third. I like that. Um, was there anybody that we didn't discuss, either of you liked, at third base that can't go unmentioned?
2: No.
1: I, I do like Anthony Rendon. I think he showed enough to you know, make you think he could be back to his 2014 form. Sure. Uh, there's yeah, there's some risks involved. Uh, he's third base on FanDuel and uh, not a bad price either, mm-hmm. uh, just 2800 Yeah, Uh, he'll be at the top of the lineup against uh, Julio Turan, who, again, might be one of the weaker pitchers tomorrow. So uh, another guy who makes sense.
0: I don't love the righty against Julio Turan, but I do love anybody getting the Atlanta bullpen. I think that's going to be just fine. So I think that evens out a bit, especially on this weird day. So, yeah, I don't have a problem with Rendon at all. Um, Brad, take us through shortstop. Who did you see there, which can be one of the trickiest positions often?
1: Yeah, so there's kind of two ways to approach shortstop. In the past, it's been a position dominated by Troy Tulowitzki and a lot of the times to have a winning lineup, you had Troy Tulewitzki. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the way to do it. Uh, now there's more options. Uh, you have Carlos Correa at the top of the pile. Uh, he's probably going to be a good play any time that his price is reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, $4,300 does not seem out of range for me on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly a look. Expensive, but you know, good enough for a matchup against Masahiro Tanaka. Uh, also can think about Tulitski himself. I'm a little bit hesitant this year, yeah. uh, but he'll be facing a lefty. Uh, games in Tampa, so not a great homer park, but he should have a big role in that offense and uh, plenty of RBI opportunities.
0: Sure. Uh,
1: if you're confident in Corey Seager's in hang- holding up, uh, there's uh, – his matchup against the Padres. Yeah. Uh, and he'll be against Tyson Ross. Uh, that's not the best matchup. Again, we're talking about shortstop where uh, the field falls off pretty quickly right. after Seeger.
0: I looked at Seeger. He's kind of a question mark. He's going crazy high in some drafts. I mean, specifically for Monday, it'll be in Petco. i interested. I don't know if I can pull the trigger, but uh, interesting for sure.
1: Petco's not actually that bad for Lefty Power. It's. Uh, Lefties have above average power there. Okay, uh, it's the uh, righties are killed. Uh, yeah. So try to avoid righty hitters in Petco in general.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And then Tyson Ross, I'm like, he can be good, but he can be. Not, he's. Yeah, he has his
1: off days. If yeah. you're going to try to stack against Tyson Ross, early seasons probably the time when he might be
0: a little less sharp. Yeah, uh, Matt, who do you like at shortstop?
2: Let's see. We touched on Seager if he's in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, do we mention Brandon Crawford versus Willie Peralta?
0: We did not mention Brandon Crawford. Like do you like Brandon that?
2: Porter versus Willie Peralta. Lefty on righty.
0: Yeah.
2: It's, it's Willie Peralta. I mean...
0: He's, he's also not great. Yeah.
2: yeah. Has his be, moments. Be, yeah, we, we, I think we're going to be picking on him a well, We have been picking on him a lot. It's probably going to connect and stop.
0: Yeah. It's a tough opening day starter for our Milwaukee Can in that rotation.
2: To, you, sorry, do you yeah. want to go back to Eugenio you, you, Suarez against... I,
0: uh, I do. Matt... And I, uh, Brad, you did bold predictions for autographs. Matt and I did one together, and I... Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait.
2: Brad didn't do bold predictions. I did bold and timid predictions. Oh, you did timid. Okay, I didn't see the bold. I saw the timid. Oh, <laughs> uh, you did both? Uh, yeah,
0: I
1: did the I, first round of bold predictions.
0: I, I missed uh, the timid ones. Um, So Matt like and I, I did... I
2: s- caught the timid, and the comment section was awesome.
1: <laughs> the, co- the comments were quite grumpy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, That's always fun. <laughs> it
2: was it was about the saltiest comment section I've ever seen in fan graphs. Um,
0: uh, I, I missed that. I need to go check that out. But the Bold Prediction series is always fun. And Matt and I did it for the first time. And I'm worried I had the craziest call. But I suggested uh, Eugenio Suarez to have more home runs than Carlos Correa, which is nutty, um, but it's possible I looked at home run fly ball rates. ball. The point is that, not even that I hate Carlos Correa, but I'm high on Eugenio Suarez mostly for empty power, but he started swinging for the fences and he can hit and I think there's some pop there. we will be uh, in Cincinnati, he gets Jeremy Hellickson, who I'm personally down on. I'm interested to hear Brad talk about him still, but um also gets that Phillies bullpen, um, and I think he's going to at least start cheap. He might hit too many home runs and become better later in the year. But I like Eugenio Suarez. I like that matchup against Jeremy Hellickson um, for sure. Also have Brad Miller getting Ari Dickey. Uh, Brad Miller is a question mark, and Ari Dickey's a matchup is a question mark too.
2: Isn't his split the other way?
0: In terms of lefty-righty? Yeah,
2: I mean
0: – He's left-handed. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's hitting,
2: left-handed, but doesn't he like really suck against righties?
0: Uh, I don't know off the top of my head and I feel like that goes out the window a little bit with a knuckleballer. Yeah. It's just kind of a who knows. If if you want someone cheap that, you know, could score against uh the Blue Jays, I think the Rays could put up some runs. I don't no, love no, I'm, it. I'm,
2: I'm wrong. You you you're correct. He, he he can't he he struggles against lefties Yeah. he's really really well against righties. Why did I remember for some reason I, I had stuck in my mind it was the opposite with him.
0: But he's a weird player yeah. for sure. Um the other one uh I don't love it, but Matt, your boy Nick Ahmed gets a lefty. Sure. You love Nick Ahmed <laughs> against lefties.
2: Nick Ahmed uh, would be the most. I don't know. It's, it's he's slightly more interesting than Andy Gonzalez was with the White Sox.
0: I don't. Is that good or is that bad? It's, it's gonna terrible. be bad, right?
2: It's still terrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick Ahmed, a good shortstop. No. Um, can't hit. With the glove, with the glove, he can he can field, and that's about it. Um, and he had.
2: Your <laughs>
0: Uh, he had a decent first half last year, and it like got our attention on the podcast. And he was hitting lefties a little bit, like, oh, maybe. Little bit. And then the second half, he didn't do much at all. And oh. I don't believe, I don't believe. Uh, if you want to get cute, he does get a lefty, and I could see them scoring against the Rockies. He's going to be cheap. Um, he, I
2: can be in an opening day lineup, honestly.
0: Yeah, I think he's their starting shortstop.
2: I would be shocked if he was in the in the lineup.
0: Well, he doesn't have to compete with Chris Owings, who's manning center field supposedly. So, uh, <laughs> I think I think Chris Owings is going to play center field. Nick Ahmed's is going to play short, and Gene Segura is going to play second. Uh, they have-
2: yeah, it Socrates- seems like the Socrates Brito.
0: Uh, uh, um, Socrates Brito is going to be somewhere.
1: Brito's Brito's going to be playing some center field too. Uh, I I saw a note. Uh, I think it was. Maybe wrote a wire that said that Owings was starting opening day. Yeah. Uh, I think the plan is for Brito to play more of the games in center field than Owings, but uh, he'll be out there, especially against lefties.
0: I don't think the Owings in center field thing will last way too long. I think they'll, <laughs> I, I don't know. Who knows? That D backs lineup <laughs> is definitely upside down now. That'll be interesting. Uh, I just wanted to mention Nick Ahmed. I I don't love it. I'm not seeing anybody. Would
2: do <laughs> I it, wanted to mention Nick Ahmed. Stop
0: it. You bet I did. You liked him last year, and I. <laughs> I think it's a lefty.
2: I think I suggested him for a game when I saw he was doing really well against left-handed pitching. He
0: was, and then his second half trailed off. I don't know. It's gets Jorge de la Rosa. It had to be mentioned. Yeah. Um, are there any other shortstops that need to be mentioned
2: for him? I think we move, we need on? To move on from
1: shortstop. I, I I like Zach Kozar. I'll I'll make sure that I get his name in there. He's supposed to be leading off for the Reds. Yeah. Uh, Seems based on his spring to have retained the uh, gains that he showed last year in power. Sure. Uh, I think he could be a a solid play at shortstop. He's never going to really cost much. Sure. Uh, So it's a guy to pay attention to.
0: Plus, all he has to do is get on base, and then you, Suarez, is going to knock him in with his (laughs) Jillian homers. So it's going to be fine. Um, All right. Outfield. usually you got to pick a bunch of outfielders. So there's usually a bunch of options. Um, and most of them are good, but, uh, let's try and pick our favorite picks here for outfield. Um, I'll start, uh, Nelson Cruz gets a lefty and Cole Hamill. He's going to cost you, but Nelson Cruz hits the crap out of the ball and should be fine. It's in Texas. Uh, he likes that. He'll be fine there. Nothing wrong with Nelson Cruz. Um, Jay Bruce gets Jeremy Hellickson. Depends on how you feel about Jay Bruce. I'm still uh, in the Jay Bruce camp. Obviously not as much as before, but I like him to be just fine against Hellickson and that Phillies bullpen. Um, Jay Bruce could definitely go deep. Um, If you want some lefties at Julio Tehran again, trying to get lefties against him, you can always spend on Bryce Harper. It's going to be plenty expensive, but there's nothing wrong with putting your money there, especially uh, getting that Atlanta bullpen once Tehran's out. Um, Or Ben Revere. Ben Revere will be at the top of that lineup and should score plenty of runs if he can get on base, uh, maybe do some running. That was one of my bold predictions. I think he's going to run a bunch more this year, too. He kind of stopped running when he was a Blue Jay because they were knocking him in. He didn't need to risk outs, but I think uh, he'll he'll run more with the Nationals. So I like either of those lefties. Um, I believe in Jacques Peterson. Uh, to be some sort of sum of his parts from last year. Not sure I'll be the first half or the second half guy, but should be a talented, productive guy. I um, mean, he gets Tyson Ross, and, you know, a lefty against Tyson Ross is what you want. Um, even if it's Petco, like Brad mentioned, he should be okay there. Um, Jose Bautista against Drew Smiley, go to that well with the Blue Jays all you want. Um, he's going to cost you, but I think there could be a lot of runs scored by Toronto uh, on Monday. And then uh, my, uh, my cute pick, I think, and I also wrote about this guy, um, Franklin Gutierrez getting Cole Hamels. I don't know that he's going to start on opening day, but he is their fourth outfielder and their lefty masher. And I, again, I, in that outfield, there's Leonis Martin and Seth Smith, neither of which can hit lefties at all. And so I think they will try and use Franklin Gutierrez somewhere. And that's
1: also a little banged up. So I think that helps. Yeah. Uh, I,
0: I realize this is just my own, you know, personal bias. I just love Franklin Gutierrez. And then last year he destroyed the ball and he wasn't just hitting lefties. He was hitting righties too. And, you know, they brought him back and I definitely, you know, I'm not anticipating 300 at bats or anything, but he's healthy for opening day. And if he can get in that lineup, he gets a lefty and Cole Hamels, not an easy lefty, But uh, when they get to the bullpen, he can hit righties, too. And so I don't think Franklin Gutierrez is going to cost much. And, uh, yeah, going to Texas, and I'm going to have my eye on Franklin Gutierrez. Uh, I'm just kind of rooting for him, but he was showing power, and he's kind of changed the kind of hitter he has. I don't know. He's a really interesting player. Uh, Always hurt, but interesting. And so I don't think it's crazy to look at him in Texas on opening day. Not is my first outfield pick, but when you got to pick three, I, I would work him in. Um Matt, yep. where are you going in the outfield? Any anybody jump off the page to you?
2: Okay. Uh I kinda like Adam Eaton versus Sonny Gray.
0: Okay. You're picking a White Sox, huh?
2: And not only that I'm picking Adam Eaton. And I know he's he's lost his his friend and life coach Drake LaRoche, for the entire season. Yeah. But I, got- I, I'm hoping he'll be able to, you know, maybe dedicate the season to Drake.
0: Sometime this week we'll do a whole episode on that. I'm sure. Oh God, I, we'll save it. We'll tuck that away. But I'm sure there's there's talks to be
2: had. You've no idea. It, uh, I do. Dumbest, <laughs> dumbest story I've ever. Dumbest baseball story I've ever heard. Honestly, it
0: was great. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it.
2: Okay, but honestly, I really like Adam Eaton in DFS against Sonny Gray lefty on righty. Sure. I'm, I, you know, Eaton actually does really really well against right-handed pitching. I'm all in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Corey Dickerson versus Ari Dickey. Okay, yeah, I almost wrote that. Yeah, almost. You should have. Uh, again, left and yeah. righty. You know, there's no reason not to like Corey. I, I, I don't even mind the home park thing. I, I, I think he. You know, first off, I, I love Corey Dickerson this year. I've got him just. A, I've got shares of him just about everywhere. Yeah, so I'm all in on Corey Dickerson as it is, and finally, lastly, I like Jason Hayward versus Garrett Richards. Okay, yeah. I don't think a Cubs deck is crazy. It's not for me, but
0: I don't think it's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Brad, do you like Corey Dickerson? And uh, who else you got in the outfield? I'm <laughs> not as much
1: of a Corey Dickerson fan, to be honest. Well, uh, he's a divisive guy in I am watching him but I didn't take any shares of him in my leagues and I don't really plan to target him in DFS very often. Okay. Uh so we'll see if he changes my mind uh, but for the time being I uh, you know, have some concerns. I mostly playing time related. I think there's just you know too many good players to chop up playing time in Tampa right now. It's going to be hard for him to play more than 5 days a week.
0: Sure. Uh,
1: Getting on to the picks, uh, there's a few games I've been focused on for you know this contest. Uh, I mentioned I like the Philly-Cincinnati games. I like the uh, Minnesota-Baltimore game. And I like Giants against Willie Peralta. Uh, so we'll start with that. Hunter Pence being 2,900 uh, on FanDuel. Uh, easy bargain at Miller Park. Uh, he's been just fine since that uh, Achilles injury slowed him early in spring training. So it doesn't seem slowed at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dart Span actually costs a little bit more than him, and I, I like Span's matchup. Maybe not relative to Hunter's price, uh, since he's at extra two hundred dollars and doesn't have power. Uh, but again, if you're going for a stack, uh, Span and Pence together will look pretty nice. I think. Sure. Uh, moving on to that uh, Minnesota-Baltimore uh, matchup, uh, Sano's a outfielder in VanDall, and he's thirty-one hundred. Uh, good price for him uh, if you're looking for that big power potential. Um, not so enamored with most of the other outfielders involved in these games. Uh, Adam Jones obviously is uh, a solid pick, puts a lot of balls in play, and that has value in fantasy sometimes when you're looking for volatility. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also 3100 which, again, is quite cheap. Uh Going down the list, uh, if you want to take a stab at Byron Buxton, hope that he starts breaking out from day one. You can. Sure. Uh, I'm not ready for that yet, but uh, again, it's one of those uh, plays that might be a little underplayed. Uh, could work out for you.
0: Sure. Yeah. And uh, moving the- to Cincinnati i okay. mentioned Sano at third base, but he will be playing yeah. outfield this year and probably you'll find him in DFS too. So I like that.
1: Yeah. And he's available on both on DraftKings, I believe. Oh, okay. so yeah, you have some flexibility on that platform. Yeah. Uh, FanDuel limits everyone to one position. So it uh, can be a little harder, especially mm-hmm. early in the season when they get a position wrong. Yeah. And you want to play two guys from one team and you can't.
0: <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh,
1: moving on to Cincinnati uh you mentioned Bruce and not my favorite but the price is right mm-hmm. uh, 2700 uh across the aisle audible Herrera will be in the middle of the lineup betting uh probably second or maybe even fourth I'm thinking I'm um, guessing Michael Franco is probably third yeah uh, so he's at 2500 uh it's a weird team to stack but again sometimes those unpredictable stacks are the best yeah and uh Scott Schebler, if he gets in, uh, decent uh, lefty bat, uh, facing Jeremy Hellickson. great park for his power, uh, 2,200 cost. Uh, another guy who will fly way under the radar. He's expected to be a platoon hitter this year.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I have my eye on him a little bit, too. So, yeah, the point is there's a ton of options in the outfield, and you got to pick three, but there's a lot of places to go. It's a, I, Like first base, I often pick outfield a little bit later um all right let's move on to pitching so it's a day full of aces so there's a bunch of pretty darn good guys um you can always pick kershaw in san diego i think we can pick scherzer in atlanta you know you can pick chris sale against the a's uh there's no reason not to like those um jake arietta gets the angels and the angels lineup is not very good despite mike trout um so obvious, aces. I think if you can afford it, there's no reason not to like most of these guys. I mean, you guys can disagree with me and speak up. But um, who are you actually looking at taking in DFS? Um, Brad will start with you. Where do you think you're going?
1: Yeah, I'm almost hesitant to share just because I'm very <laughs> focused on him, this one guy. Yeah, uh, for my uh, Monday slate, it's Keichel. Okay, uh, he's really not as big of a strikeout guy as some of the others, but he. Is very reliable in terms of uh, pitching deep into a game, mm-hmm. and that's something that can be overlooked at times. Uh, you have, you know, an expectation of seven innings from him. It's going to give him a good chance to win. And I, I'm not a huge Tanaka fan, so I, I see him as having one of the better chances to win of the aces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there's one thing I want to point out on FanDuel. They have tripled the point scoring. Uh, it's the same as last year, except everything is three times as many points. Uh, so wins are 12 points on FanDuel. Uh, they are four points on DraftKings. Uh, so, and the scoring systems now kind of even out a little bit in terms of total points, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the meaning of this is on FanDuel, wins are very important on DraftKings. They're kind of like a little bonus. Sure. Uh, so you, you want to be paying attention to guys who can pitch deep into a game, have a good chance to earn a win. And uh, Keuchel's a guy I really like. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's uh, one of the reasons why I'm sticking
2: with him today.
0: Matt and I definitely like Dallas Keuchel going back a few I years.
2: We like Dallas Keuchel, but I don't know if we like Dallas Keuchel on the road
0: uh i'm not as worried about that i i agree that my first reaction was not enough strikeouts not worth the price but um in a few cases where that gets countered by innings uh, i think that's a good point you know maybe yeah he's not giving you the same strikeouts as chris sale but you're like yeah one
2: bullet
1: i one bullet i didn't mention uh Mm -hmm. i do expect him to be relatively uh Below ownership rate, yeah. Uh, just from all these other aces out there, yeah. I think they'll take most of the fire. I might be able to get Keuchel at four or five percent owned, and I think that might really help me.
0: Yeah, that and uh, the last time, the last game the Yankees had uh, was against Dallas Keuchel, and he did just fine in Yankee Stadium, the Wild Card game last year. You know, he, he's gonna be all right, I think. Uh, so, yeah, that's not where I first went, but you convinced me. I don't know that it's my pick, but I am like, sure, that's that's an interesting one. I'm into that. Um, Do you like Rysell Iglesias against Philly?
1: Yeah, uh, it's a solid matchup for him. Uh, Mm -hmm. These teams, uh, both the Phillies and the Reds, uh, just brutal bullpens. Yeah, uh, could be real, real painful to watch the late innings of their games. Yeah, uh, which is good if you're, you know, trying to get DFS points. Yeah, uh, because you're going to have an opportunity to take advantage of their starting pitchers, and then it's going to continue on into the late innings. Yeah. Uh, So Iglesias, uh, you know, has a shot to do well. uh, And one of the reasons I may be steering away is those relief pitchers. Uh, They can easily blow a game if he's, you know, holding a 4-2 lead or something Mm -hmm. uh, into the 6th inning and the pen comes on, that could be gone and you're losing those 12 points on FanDuel.
0: Yeah. JJ Hoover is the Reds' closer. is tough. Not just because he's not great, and I'm not saying he'll blow a game, but if he's the best guy in your bullpen, there's a lot of guys to get to him that are worse, and that's you know, can be concerning. Um, Matt, do you have any pitchers that jump out to you? uh, Especially on Monday?
2: (sighs) You, you try to stay away from the obvious but i don't know where else you go but obvious here
0: yeah i i don't blame somebody that takes kershaw or Scherzer or sale like they're gonna be good points they're gonna be expensive but yeah
2: i honestly i think Ig- iglesias would would be would be an interesting pick and i i am kind of talking myself from the tyson ross at home
0: against the dodgers uh the dodgers are a little banged up but i mean they're gonna be a good team but he can rack up the strikeouts and hopefully offset that. Sure.
2: I honestly, I, I think I'd, I'd, I'd talk myself into the at-home matchups for, for Glacius and Ross and just, you know, let everybody else kind of pick the aces.
0: Sure. I don't hate that at all. Um, The, the last name that we haven't discussed, at least for me, and they're again, a ton of options. Um, I like Garrett Richards, and I know we've picked against him a lot, and I know the Cubs score a lot of runs. But the Cubs oh, whiff. Oh, boy, do the Cubs whiff. They strike out a lot. And so that is the upside there uh, for him is just, you know, hopefully a lot of strikeouts against a team that, you know, it's risky, it's volatile, but uh, you could see him getting plenty of strikeouts. Um, The Cubs will have a DH. That's not helpful for him, but uh, yeah, I would consider it's not the first place I go. I'm probably spending money on Chris sale or something, but um, maybe trying to do something weird like rice, or but it would not shock me to have Gary Richards walk out of that game with a bunch of points just from getting a bunch of strikeouts against the Cubs. It um, also wouldn't shock me if he got blown up, but uh, I, I think he's worth noting. He's interesting. Okay. Um, all right, so those are our picks for Monday. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Matt and I started this podcast a few years ago, um, not even doing DFS, but just streaming pitcher options, and we did uh, the contest, which is the concept that – Every day of the season, Matt and I are going to each pick a pitcher that is specifically less than 50% owned in Yahoo Leagues that you can use uh, as a streamer. And then it fits the DFS because it's just a cheaper option for DFS. Because if we pick Clayton Kershaw against the Padres, that's not helpful to anybody. Um, so these guys, our benchmark we set is under 50% owned in Yahoo Leagues. And on this day, that's really tough because there are not <laughs> a lot of options because it's everybody's aces. Um so Matt and I are going to do that again this year. Uh, we're keeping track. Two years ago, I won the first year. And then last year, Matt kicked my butt. So we're one and one in terms of years. And uh, there's a spreadsheet you guys can keep track if you want to see our terrible picks. And the concept is also that we put our money where our mouth is, at least in that uh, you can see the picks we made and how we're doing and how our ERA and WHIP is on the year. So that if we're bad, maybe you shouldn't listen to us. But we want to take some accountability, <laughs> take some accountability for our advice as well. Uh, And it's fun. And again, we're picking crappy pitchers or at least unpopular pitchers. And that's the other thing is we like them. Like we had Dallas Keuchel, but then when he got good, all of a sudden, even mid-season, we couldn't pick him anymore. So these sleepers that we like will get out of hand and disappear on us if we're not careful. So um, we also allow our guests to play as well. Uh, So Brad would like you to join us if you'd like. Um, In fact, I might make you go first as our guest. So Brad, of these pitchers, any of them under 50% owned in Yahoo leagues uh, that you would, you know, put your name on the line and take them as a pick for Monday.
1: Yeah. So this is where we talk about Jeremy Hellickson.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's, uh, so, so there's basically six guys who really fit the, the bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan was nice enough to email me the list. And of those, Helixson really the only guy I would you know, take a shot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Irvin Santana, maybe. Uh, I, I don't really like him against Baltimore's offense. Yeah, uh,
0: that could go badly.
1: Yeah, the the rest of them, uh, I, I don't want a piece of yeah. the action. And uh, Helkson, though, he got it together mid-last season, uh, made some mechanical changes, and... It wasn't like a stark difference. Uh, yeah, there's a cut in the walk rate, a, a buff to the strikeout rate, and he went from being just a terrible exploit always pitcher to somebody who you know works in like a high three ZRA, uh, can pitch deeper into a game and earn a win. Uh, so uh, there's factors to like. He strikes out enough guys to be streamable, and uh, you know actually help you in that category. And I also like what he's done this spring. Uh, he's really uh, you know, held his own, seems to have held on to those gains from last year. Uh, they made mid-season, and uh, you know, I'm hoping that he can carry it on into the regular season, too.
0: Cool. All right. That's a totally fine pick for this contest. A guy that's not popular. You're not saying run out and get him, but you're saying, okay, this guy could be fine. Uh, Matt, where are you looking for our first pick of the year?
2: It's right. ugly. I, this is, yeah, this is one of the, you know, we're starting with, you know, opening day, I think traditionally has been pretty rough for us just because you have, you know, all the aces going. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Opening day is tough. And again, April's bad because we don't know what's going on.
2: So I, I, I looked at Helixson and I just, I cannot pull the trigger on it. I've just, I've seen him be so mediocre for so long. And it's not like, it's not like the, the Reds don't have a representative major league offense. So. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to roll with Irvin Santana against Team 3 True Outcome and just kind of hope that he keeps the walks to a minimum, yeah. strikes everybody out, and generally delivers a confident start without giving up sure. too many home runs.
0: Um, I totally don't blame you on the Irvin Santana pick. I considered it. The thing to keep in mind with the contest, at least for me, that scares me is... If you if it goes badly, you have to wear it. Like you keep that ERA all year. I'm aware. I yeah. Away. Oh no, I am not blaming you. I'm just like that's making me gun shy. Is sure. uh yeah. Um, but yeah, I like that pick just fine. Um, I'm taking RA Dickey in Tampa Bay, and I'm chasing the win. I'm just hoping that the Blue Jays can blow up Drew Smiley and and help him. I don't think he's going to be great. I don't think he's going to be awful. You don't really know. Um, at least it's in Tampa Bay, which should help us fly balls a little bit. Um, yeah, it's not inspiring. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not pumped about Ari Dickey, but I think he'll be okay.
2: I think so, we pumped about him.
0: Uh, I mean, I like him, but not so much as a DFS pick or anything. So Ari Dickey, Jeremy Hallickson, Urban Santana in your deep leagues. Uh, if you wanted to stream a guy on opening day, if you're, if you're starting the season streaming, which is a strategy you can do, uh, you can do that. Um. But those will go on the spreadsheet. We'll be doing that every day. Um, That'll be fun. All right. We've been going over an hour. Big, long uh, episode to start the year. But uh, we won't be doing an hour every day. But uh, I'm excited we got to get the three of us, like I said, in this virtual room to talk about this. Um, Before we get out of here, I wanted to each pick a guy that uh, you like for this year, not just in regular fantasy, but that you think you could see yourself going to the well uh, with a bit uh, in DFS. And this might totally change by May. Um, I mentioned last year, like Drew Stubbs was my guy. I was like, Drew Stubbs is going to be awesome this year in the right situation. He's so good at cores. He's so good against lefties. Like he's going to be a great sneaky pick, and he was not. He was not good. <laughs> uh, so here on opening day, who are you thinking is going to be your like DFS guy? Like Matt and I used Logan Forsythe a lot last year, um, to the point that he's now you know an everyday like think he's betting leadoff for him so he's not a sneaky pick really anymore but um brad uh who do you think's gonna be your sneaky guy this year
1: well you you kind of already pimped him a little bit i like franklin gutierrez too yeah uh he's you know not an everyday in the lineup guy but i think he could work his way into that role Mm -hmm. uh you know leonis martin isn't uh terribly scary as an offensive threat mm-hmm. and uh seth smith uh getting older uh some of these platoon guys fall off kind of suddenly mm-hmm. uh what i really liked about is last year uh batted ball data if you dig into it uh, the hard hit rates are kind of up there with you know some of the best uh, yes you know 40 percent hard hit rates uh, against both handedness uh didn't have a huge platoon split of any type uh, they like to use him as a lefty masher but he did fine against righties too I yes. think he could play his way into being a very uh, potent uh, middle of the order threat for them.
0: Yeah, and I saw things starting to. Again, we don't have a ton of sample size because he's always hurt, but he was hitting all fields too, uh, which is something yeah. he used to not do. You know, so uh, he's he's an interesting hitter, and, and I'm obviously in there too. Uh, Matt, who who do you think your guy is this year?
2: Uh, we already mentioned Corey Dickerson.
0: Okay, okay, maybe not sneaky, but you're all in.
2: Is he, you don't think he's sneaky?
0: Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. He, there's a lot of question marks around him with the move and everything. But
1: I think for DFS purposes, yes. yes. Uh, in a traditional league, not so much. Yeah. Okay, but I. I
0: you it's you okay some? to be on the record all in. I, uh, I respect that.
2: Can I go Steven Souza as a sneaky guy?
0: Sure. Yeah. Once, once he's in that lineup, I like him too. With some power, some speed, sure. You, you like your Tampa Bay Rays?
2: I do, actually, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm going to be watching a lot of their games, I think.
0: Yeah, they're fun. Um, so I like Franklin Gutierrez. Um, I am on record for like a new Henio Suarez. Um, so both them. Also, uh, one guy I've liked, we didn't mention him today. Um, I like Jonathan VR. I've always had a soft spot for Jonathan VR. He is a flawed player. He doesn't get on base very well, but there's a little bit of pop and definitely some speed. And he's never had really the, the full time job that. A few times, but he's opening the, you know, with, with a chance to do something. Um, so I like Jonathan VR. I think that uh, I, I'm not picking him against, you know, Madison Bumgarner. But uh, he's a switch hitter. He's uh, a little pop and definitely some speed. So I have my eye on him. When the Brewers are up against uh, a less intimidating pitcher, I could see myself going with him. So uh, I'll keep my eye on him. All right. That should do it for us. Um, Matt and I will be back on Tuesday morning. Um, oh, I almost forgot to mention um, another cool thing we're doing this year and I'll be talking uh, much more about is on Fridays, Brad and I will be doing live shows, uh, live video shows, Friday mornings at eight o'clock. What West What kind time.
2: of live video shows will you be doing together?
0: Uh, fantasy baseball podcasts, Matt. Uh, you are a sucker with a day job and don't get to broadcast with us typically, but we wish you could. Hopefully we'll get you on sometime. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll be doing a live podcast where you can like watch us tape, and we'll also have a chat going this year. I want to start using the Twitter hashtag, Feel the Streams. We never really did that before, but definitely hit us up, um, hashtag Feel the Streams. Uh, I'll be monitoring that, and you'll be able to interact with us. And then, yeah, Friday live shows. We'll be talking about it more this week, but we're going to start doing that uh, every week through the season and having guests. Paul Spore will be joining us on Friday, and wow. so that'll be something uh, Brad and I will be doing um yeah talk about it more this week but if you want to interact with us and watch us tape and kind of do it live and then the podcast will be coming out typically also so if you can't make that time or aren't interested the friday podcast will also come out as normal anyway so your scheduling will not be interrupted uh i would say but yeah that's going on i got some cool exciting stuff going on that you guys will be hearing about but um yeah matt and i'll be back on tuesday brad and i'll be back friday and yeah we'll have a podcast five days a week
2: uh, yeah. you want to mention our Twitter handles?
0: Yes. Uh, I'm at Higgins FOS. Mm-hmm. Matt, you finally took the plunge and changed your Twitter handle.
2: Yeah, just in time for the baseball season. I, I figured I would better update it this year because, you know, I, you know, the second we, year of the podcast, that's typically the year where we we just blow up. So, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm I mean, you and I be... talked about it la- all last season and never did.
2: Yeah. No. I well, I, originally we were gonna have a contest where people could pick my new Twitter handle, but
0: yeah, we did not follow through on that.
2: Yeah, no, we didn't.
0: So I would do, have been fine. I, I
2: just went and changed. It's sound, Matt, yes. Matt D underscore DFS. Yes. to take away any DFS. kind of old branding. It, 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 and, it, you know, tip to, uh, you know, people start, you know, starting out and, you know, you know, the punditry industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, do not brand any of your, any of your handles. <laughs> your own. Do, do not brand anything.
0: Yes. And then, um, Brad is at baseball 18. still, and yeah, we, we like to hear from you guys. Um, again, use hashtag field of streams. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, and yeah, uh, we'd like to hear from you guys. Let us know what you think and uh, what you're looking for from the show this year. You can help us, you know, we did the beginner's guide to DFS today a little bit cause it was a suggestion and it was a good suggestion. So, uh, feedback is good. Please be nice, but feedback is good. So yeah. Um, All right. That should do it for us. Uh, For Brad and Matt, we're going to get out of here. Really looking forward to opening day and doing this uh, all season long. So uh, we'll talk to you guys then.
2: Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit Fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.